How many of you like being a part of something? Just an just a easy question. Like anything, whether it's a, uh, a group, like a, uh, maybe you have like a, a group of people that get together and go eat together, or maybe uh, you're part of a club, maybe you have a membership to something. Um, I don't know, uh, just being a part of something. I believe that probably if I did a survey of 100 people, I would say probably the majority of them, which would be at least over 50, but I think it's going to be pretty high. I, my opinion, I think it's probably going to be maybe in the 80s or 90%. I, I believe people like being a part of a group, right? I, I, it's, yeah, I, I mean, I've ate by myself and I've ate with people. I enjoy eating with people more than I do eating by myself, you know. When you go to the restaurant and you, and you sit down and, you, and you're, you're there by yourself, it, it takes a lot less time, don't it? Because what else are you going to do? Maybe watch a TV if it's on the screen or whatever, but when you're eating by yourself, you pretty much just you eat your food, get up, pay, and you walk out. I mean, but if you're there with a group, it takes a little longer because you have conversation. You have that, that community, that bond that each of you have. You, you, you start talking about different things. You, you can relate with one another. You maybe talk about life. You may talk about... Uh, relationships and families and and I, you know and I believe that most of us if not all of us we are people that like being together we have same interests you know when I was a junior high I knew that I liked football and so I had never played before other than some backyard football of me and some people getting together and tossing the football around. I never played, but I decided in, in uh, I believe eighth grade was my first year to ever play. I decided, hey, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try football. I like it. Of course, after I got out there, I realized that I like it a lot better than I like playing it. Because <laughs> when you're one of the smallest guys on the team, you know, and everybody's bigger than you. you, you learn real quick. And I also learned real quick, I don't like getting hit. I just don't. Man, I, I, you know, I'm tender, you know, I'm, I'm fragile. Uh, please don't hit me. <laughs> but uh, I just like that, being part of a team. I always played team sports growing up. I liked being part of a group. I liked being part of people that had the same interests that I had. And, and there's something about that. You know, I liked music, playing instruments, so I became a part of the band. When I got to college, I, I became a part of Chi Alpha, a Christian organization on the campus that I attended. And my point to all of this is we like to be a part of something. And I believe the same thing goes for the church community. Amen? We like being a part of something. We grow and we understand that, that we grow better together than separately, Right? And if, you're, if you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. I know it's that book that no one talks about very much, that it's nestled right there uh, in the, in the uh, middle of the Old Testament. If you go to Psalms, then go to Proverbs. Ecclesiastes is the next book after Proverbs. So uh, a lot of people, it's pretty easy when you open your Bibles to find Psalms because Psalms is this massive book in the Bible. There's 150 chapters. 
And then if you just go to the next one, Proverbs, there's 31 there. And then you go to the next one, it's Ecclesiastes. So Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And if you're, you know, and so uh, I, I want to read four verses this morning to start off chapter 4. You, you may have heard this. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, and, and it's some good wisdom that, uh, that uh, uh, Solomon is teaching to us here. But Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, and it begins this way. It says, two are better than one. Do you get that? I do. Because they have a good return for their labor. <laughs> this, this is kind of neat, Kelly. You've given me a, a, a great illustration here. So if, for those of you that haven't known, noticed anything, They've been pounding away at this roof all week long. It started on Monday, and they finally finished up, I believe, on Friday. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but this is a massive building. And we have basically two buildings that are attached, and they have completely done, redone the roof on both buildings. And so they have been working tirelessly. The roofing company has been working from the time they get here before I do, and I get here usually about 8 o'clock, and they were working probably at 6 or 7, you know, before I got here. And they were working way past I had left. And trust me, it was loud. If you get in here, it's just Wednesday night before service, we're hearing bam, 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 bang, 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 you know. And it just echoes in this building, but working tirelessly. So, well, anyway, as they were working on this, it shook every dust off this woods, beautiful wood ceiling that we have. And it had settled on all the chairs that you are sitting in. And all over the floor and all over the, I mean, everywhere. This place was just covered. And it, it was funny, if you look at the lines on these slats, there was lines on the, on the places, on the, on the seats, on the, on the carpet. And so uh, uh, we had... Wednesday before service, we had vac- I'd got all the floor vacuumed, and Kelly had done some seats for us to sit in for Wednesday, but we knew they weren't done. And then Saturday, she came in and had a group to come in with her, and they uh, vacuumed all of the seats that you're sitting on so we could have church and you wouldn't get dirty. And so, well, was that a lot easier with a group than if you'd done it by yourself, right? I mean... Do you get where I'm going with this? Is working out, you know. What a great illustration that she gave me here. Uh, but uh, it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and have no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So here's a thought I want you to think about today. And I want you to write this down. If you have a pen, if you have paper, I want you to write this down. And I want you to listen to this. Will, that's W-E, comma, or apostrophe, L-L, only advance as far as the community we're a part of. Do you hear me? You and I, 
we, we will only advance as far as the community that we are a part of. And I want you to understand something. God never meant for us to be alone. If you are trying to do this Christian walk by yourself, stop it right now. You cannot do this alone. Do you hear me? You need community. You need people in your life to help you when you're going down a road, when you're going through a tough time, when you're having a hard time. You need someone to help you. God never meant for us to be alone. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. God's plan from the very beginning was for all of us to work together in unity and harmony. And I want you to know, companionship has many advantages. Advantages. God wants us to develop relationships with one another. Every one of us needs the love and the support that we can get from friends and family. We need each other. And as we learn to follow Jesus, building a community with one another is so important. We cannot do this life without each other. Amen? Now here's some thoughts. Here's some things to think about when building a faith community with one another. Why do we need each other? Why do we need each other? Why is it so important that we have each other? Loneliness is a plague that is cured in community. Do you hear me? Confusion is a state that's steadied by community. Fear is a spirit that gets ejected in community. Obstacles are destroyed and removed in community. Purpose is uncovered and fulfilled in community. Discouragement is turned to strength in community. My failure is turned to triumph when I'm surrounded by community. Lies are silenced in the collective truth of community. Do you hear me? It's important that we work together, that we move together. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Now our world, this world that we live in, the bubble that we place ourselves in, it's going to reflect the company that we keep and the community that we walk with. And that is why it is so important that we get connected and planted in the family of God. Who are you walking with this year? Do you want to advance in your walk with God? If you do, we have to do it together. It's so important that we have community to help celebrate with us, to help walk with us, to to somebody that we can lean on, somebody that can celebrate with us. It's so important. Now, I want to encourage you, and I say it every week, and I want you to understand my heart, but I truly believe that if you do not attend our Wednesday night Bible study, you need to begin attending that. 
Don't think of Wednesday nights as just another church service. We're building a Bible community there. We are studying the Word of God, and we are praying for one another and building one another up. We have something on Wednesday nights, not just for our adults. We have stuff for children and of all ages. And and in November, we're going to start having some small groups on Sunday mornings. Uh, And we're going to take you through different steps in your Christian walk. And you need to plan on being part of all these groups that we have. It's so important that we have a place where we build community with one another. Amen? You need the church community as much as they need you. Do you hear me? You need the church community as much as they need you. Think about it this way. The church community, it is essential for your healing and your advancement. If there is somebody that has been studying God's Word maybe longer than you, guess what? You need that person in your life. You know why? When you have questions, when you've been studying the Word, when you've been reading the Word, when you have a question, you can come to that person and say, hey, I got a question. Do you care if I take a moment and ask you? You know what that person's going to say? Sure, you can ask me. And then you can ask that person, and guess what? Then y'all are building a relationship. You are building a community with one another. You are helping each other in your work and in your skills and, and learning the Word of God, trying to figure out what's going on. And it's so good that we build that community. We're better together. We're better together. This is a true statement, and it's even more important than that. We are essential to each other. Do you hear me? We're designed for dependence on God and interdependence on each other. That's the way God made us. Turn with me, if you got your Bibles, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now this is a a familiar passage of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to begin reading at verse 12. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts from form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Can I just stop for a minute? Does anybody else get a hilarious image when you're reading this? I mean, can you imagine, uh, what is it, Mike, Mike Wazowski on Monsters, Inc.? It, does anybody else not see Mike Wazowski when you hear this, that big gigantic eyeball just staring there looking at you? Okay, I, I just, I had that image, I had that thought, and so I'll move on. <laughs> if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of, of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, 
every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Anybody get that? We've heard this. Every part has an important part to play. Every part is needed. You ever, you ever broke a thumb or a finger or a leg or an arm or something and then tried to do what you normally do? It's almost impossible to do what you normally do, right? Because you need that part to help you function. And many times what we do as believers is we just hurry through this, we skip over this passage, and we may think, man, oh, this is a very poetic way to, to view the church, right? I mean, this is just a very poetic thing. It's so beautiful, it's so lovely the way we hear it, and, and we just pass right over, and, and it's so great and wonderful how each person is supposed to do their job and their ministry. And it is that, but it's also so much more than that. And I want you to hear this. When Paul wrote this, okay, to the Corinthian church, he was trying to get them to understand the power and the importance of the church, okay? So when he calls you a body, then he means it. He means you are essential to me. Do you hear me? And I'm essential to you. I want you to write that down. You are essential to me and I'm essential to you. I think that's something important for us to understand. I think that's something that we need to understand that we are important. Don't ever think that you're not important. Don't ever think, oh, they won't miss me if, I'm not, if, I'm, if I miss this week. Can I tell you that if you're not here, I miss you? I may not call you the next day because here, as a pastor, I don't want to annoy you. I know things come up. I've got people that are gone today because the fair's going on. They're working at the fair. When I get done here, I'm leaving. I'm going to the fair because I'm working at the fair. So I know there are people gone today. Guess what? I still miss them. I know they're not here. I talked to them last night. I miss them. I wish they were here today. I understand there are things that go on. There are things that happen. But I want you to know that when you're not here, whether it's a health reason or for some other reason, I miss you. I notice you. I notice that you're not here. And I may not always call or I may not always send a text, and I try to do that. I try to send something or say something. But I want you to know that I miss you. I need you here. I want you to be here. It's important that you are here because we need to work together as a family, as a body unit, working together to fulfill what God has called us to do. You are essential to me. I'm essential to you. And can I give you a kind of morbid visual this morning? If a part of your physical body is separated or severed from your body, initially that part of you, it looks normal, right? If you ever watch those, uh, like a, a cop show or something when they find a body part, you know? You ever seen that and it's a foot or something? And then they try to find the body and they try to figure out the, what happened, why did this happen? It looks normal. But over time, what happens? It shrivels up. It, it, it becomes grotesque. It, it rots. It decays. It goes away. It's, it's nothing anymore. It's just, it becomes just bones. And, and so I know this is an is a awful image to think about, but I want you to know that it's so important that, that we become that body, that we are a part, that we are not to be separate. And that's the same for you and me, individually. We're designed for each other. 
Okay, we need each other to thrive and advance and, 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 and to be a part of a community, not separate from it. And, you know, some people try to make excuses. Well, I don't, I don't need the church to be a Christian or go to heaven. And they're right. You don't have to have the church to be a Christian or make it to heaven. But can I tell you that I don't want to live in this life to be, I don't want to be a Christian without you guys. Do you hear me? I, and I'm, not, I'm not saying I don't want to be a Christian. What I'm saying is I need you guys a part of my life. Does that make any sense? I need you guys a part of my life. I need you in my life. I need the community because it's a whole lot easier doing this with you guys than without you guys. Does that make sense? Does that make sense why we need each other? So for the next few moments, I want to give you five ways, okay? And we're going to go through these pretty quickly. Five ways the church community has advanced our lives, okay? So as a church, the best example that we are given from Scripture on how to be the church is from Acts chapter 2. And I want to read these to you. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And I'm going to read these next five verses. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. We had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the image that we as a church strive for. When this is working and we are being the church that God wants us to be, we begin to see five ways the church community has advanced our lives. Here we go. The first one is this. It provides purpose. <clears throat> Excuse me. You have a purpose in your life. Too many times when we look at the church, we look at a small view of the church, we tend to not look at the big picture. We tend to not look at the purpose that God has placed before us in our everyday lives. In order to be whom God called me to be does not mean that I have to quit my job and join the church. We're not a cult. <laughs> you hear me? Asking you to give up everything, every part of your life, what we are telling you is that you have a purpose where God has planted you. You have a purpose here. Verse 45 of, the, of what I just said, it says, it says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That means that the early church had lives outside the church. It wasn't just, hey, we all came together, we became this church, and then we didn't do anything else after that. We just did the church stuff. No, they still had functioning lives. They still had to go about their daily routines. They still had to be what they were called to be. They had lives outside the church. They earned an income that benefited the church. Verse 46 says they broke bread in their homes. We know they had separate homes. They ate together at times. They enjoyed community with one another away from the temple. And because the people had a life outside the church, verse 47 says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. 
The community you have here at church, it gives you a purpose to go outside these walls and be the church that God has called you to be. Amen? And this church community has advanced our lives. Number two, it calls me beyond where I am. It calls me beyond where I am. Do you feel, do you ever feel like you don't feel like it? Does that make sense? Can I tell you that when I got up this morning, I didn't feel like it? Thursday, I'm not, I'm not telling you this to feel sorry for me because I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me at all. I don't ever want anybody to feel sorry for me. But for the last three days, I've worked 40 hours out at the fair. Needless to say, when I got up this morning, I didn't feel like it. 